Welcome, and thank you for joining us. I'm Danny G, and you are listening to Control Your Destiny. The direct selling, network marketing, and affiliate sales industry have been around in one form or another for decades. Many have built strong and thriving businesses, while others struggle to get theirs off the ground. Today, we talk to the CEO of DirectScale and former independent seller, Roger Smith. He founded DirectScale alongside Jim Marks to create a software solution that would enable the struggling entrepreneur, as well as a thriving business leader, to grab a hold of their own paths and control their destinies. Roger, thank you for joining us. Roger, you have been in the direct selling industry for a very long time, and now you lead a technology company positioned to help those who are once in your shoes. Would you share with us your story? Where did Roger Smith begin his journey? Yeah, I, it was interesting because I, my mother was an independent distributor for a company back when I was a teenager and in my early 20s. And uh, so I'd always kind of been aware of it, but hadn't ever done anything. And then when I was working as director of marketing at Ancestry.com, I was opened up to an opportunity through one of the guys that worked with me, his cousin was one of the founders of a network marketing company. And he said, hey, they're doing some really cool stuff. We should go check it out. And we did. And we ended up signing up as independent distributors and building a very large independent sales network. So it took a crazy turn in my career and became an independent distributor for a Utah company that grew quite large. We had over 50,000 people in our independent seller team. Um, so that's kind of the beginning of a a really long story. What has your journey been like in becoming a CEO of a SaaS or, or software as a service company? That is a good question. Yeah, I think it's probably not unlike some other founder stories where you are in an industry and you see that it is underserved by technology. And so there's, a, there's an opportunity that's there, obviously. And so you're thinking, hey, well, um, I understand this industry. We should try to figure out how to disrupt it and, and make it better using technology. And so DirectScale is actually the second company that I've founded in the technology space. And I did it because we, we kind of made some good progress in the first time around, but realized there was more work to do. And and so just been trying to surround myself with people that know much more than I do about technology and how to leverage it and how to make, make those things happen. But yeah, that's it. It's really about, you know, being in a place where you see that there's an opportunity for, for vast improvement and then just saying, hey, you know, let's, let's go and do that. Since then, of course, I've studied a lot about SaaS and PaaS companies. We've become, I've become a student of of a lot of great CEOs out there and have uh, tried to learn from them and emulate them as best I can to deliver something special into this marketplace. The trials of an entrepreneur in any industry call for a particular way of thinking. How has your mindset adjusted from those of a distributor to the mindset of a CEO? That's a that's a good question. You know, it's interesting because when we at Direct Scale are talking about values and our purpose and what we're trying to live into um, and live up to, it it almost invariably gets back to the fact that our reason for existing is to lift 
build and empower the one. And you can do that as an independent distributor for a direct sales company by reaching out, helping people, trying to be a mentor, being there for them, you know, doing three-way calls, helping them tell the story to their, their prospects and, and their friends. And as a CEO at Direct Scale, I'm still trying to do the same thing, just on a different scale. You know, we're trying to, uh, again, empower and enable the owners and employees of direct sales companies to deliver awesome experiences to their independent sellers that really help them to be successful. And so they're lifted as they lift others. And if we're successful at that, we're able to do it on a pretty large scale and help multiple companies and hopefully influence millions of independent sellers, gig economy workers to elevate themselves and to have a chance to achieve their goals. What personality traits or attributes align between a direct seller and the ones of a CEO? Uh, I, I think probably a lot of them in my case. I mean, being an independent direct seller is, it's, it's an entrepreneurial gig. And you, know, you, you use whatever talents and resources you have at your disposal to, you, know, you bring as many of those you can to bear in your work to try to succeed. And you know, for me, I think they're very similar. Being able to tell a story and paint a picture and share a vision in a way that inspires people and helps people to get aligned and bought in to what you're trying to accomplish is certainly useful as an independent seller, as well as a CEO. Hopefully I'm improving at storytelling and helping people to, you know, believe and to get aligned and, and moving in the, in the same direction. Um, I think as an independent seller, you are, um, if you're doing it right, you really do care about the, about the people that are involved with you, your customers and your, uh, your team of, of independent sellers, and you want to help them to be successful. You want to make sure they've got the tools that they need to learn, to grow, to develop, and to succeed. And as a CEO, that's, that's exactly what you're trying to do. You're trying to really empower your people to be successful. You want to knock down any barriers that they have as they're trying to accomplish projects and tasks and uh, bring about the vision of the company. Those are some similarities for sure. Resilience is probably another one. Life will kick your trash. You're going to have obstacles. You're going to have challenges. Uh, as an independent seller, you're going to have rejection. You're going to have tough times. Uh, and, and as a CEO, that's definitely the case. You know, when the buck stops with you, then you know, you, you've got you've to find a way to power through and be resilient and try to remain optimistic and, and get up the next day and keep going and, and keep trying to improve and get better and helping those around you to do the same. Along with the mental toughness of a striving business leader, are the actions backing up those thoughts and plans? What have you found to be the habits you developed while a top independent seller and now a CEO? And what are the best practices that made you who you are today? You know, it, it really does boil down to uh, showing up, right? You, if you're going to be successful at anything, you got to be there. You, you got to show up and you've got to be consistent. And you need to do that even when you don't feel like it. The, the difference, I think, between uh, someone that, that is able to get where they, what they, where they are you know, versus somebody that kind of continues to, to flail and not see things through 
is those people that are willing to do it even when they don't feel like it and to keep showing up. I, I think that that really is, at the end of the day, the most important part. And that's part of the same conversation of consistent effort over time, said a different way. Showing up, consistently working, consistently moving forward, consistently improving, and not giving up. There's always days when you're going to feel like you're failing, but you haven't failed if you continue to, to keep going and to keep trying and to keep working to improve yourself and helping others to do the same. Have you experienced many hardships in your youth that, that helped shape your mindset and attributed to forming your habits? Yeah, again, that's a good question. I haven't really thought back too much on um, where that came from. You know, maybe having what I would consider, you know, not an abnormal childhood, uh, you know, growing up had great mother, you know, good family, home environment. But, you know, we had, we had our issues. You know, we, we didn't have a lot of means. You know, if I wanted a pair of Nikes, I was going to have to buy those myself, right? My mother would put clothes, you know, on my back and shoes on my feet, but they weren't going to be the kind that, that maybe I wanted. That could have been some of it. I mean, a work ethic was certainly established. You know, we couldn't play until we did our chores. Um, I honestly feel like some of that stuff really started at those early stages of just being in a place where you had to just figure things out and you were kind of left to figure things out. It makes me kind of sad seeing some of the changes that have happened you know, in my lifetime about people being fearful and, and uh, afraid you know, to have their kids out and about. I mean, I remember summers where I'd leave the house and we'd be gone just exploring and wandering around and playing outside until we had to come back to try to get some sustenance. So I, I do think that some of those habits were formed early. You know, I've also had adult trials and challenges. You know, I've had battles with um, addiction and, and some of those things and had to reach a point of being at a bottom and deciding that I didn't want that anymore. And then, you know, making commitments to myself and to, and to God to make some changes and, and then keeping those commitments. And it has really made all the difference. Yeah, I mean, in my immediate family, we've had attempted suicide. We've had successful suicide. We've had a lot of lives damaged by drug and alcohol addiction. You know, maybe just living through some of those things helps you understand and realize that you've got choices to make every day and you can decide how you're going to react. You can't control all the things that come into your life. In fact, you can probably control precious few of those things. We like to think we can control a lot, but we really can't at the end of the day. But one thing that we absolutely can do is decide how we're going to react and respond to challenges that come our way. I'm grateful for the lessons I've been able to learn there and hopefully put it into practice to keep on keeping on. Roger, I appreciate your vulnerability on that. Um, appreciate you opening up. Now, you have been in and close to the direct selling industry for many years. Uh, what evolution have you observed the industry undergo in the last 20 years? And what do you see occurring in the next 20 years? How will the industry evolve? Or in what direction do you see it going? Yeah, so it's a great question. And this is one that we could spend a lot of time on and probably cover in a lot more detail. But, you know, as I mentioned, I was first introduced to network marketing in the mid 80s when my mother was a, an independent rep and achieved some level of success in doing that. 
And, you know, I think that if you really got in it and you looked at it, you could find some really great stories of success. You know, my mom being one of those. She was, you know, a single mother at the time working to try to provide for her family. And it was a great opportunity. And I think that a lot of people that have been involved in network marketing over the years or the past 20 years, you know, you'd, you'd find those kind of stories where you may not have a bunch of options to change your station or to earn extra income. It has provided a vehicle for a lot of you know, millions of people to have opportunity. And I love that about it. By the same token, you've seen, you know, your fair share of unscrupulous characters that have entered in that space and have maybe preyed upon the dreams and aspirations of people. And that has caused, you know, to get a bad rap sometimes and, and deservedly so. But again, I've, I'm still, I still believe that the good that has been done through direct selling and network marketing over the past 20 years, as it relates to helping people have opportunity, providing a chance for them to join together, interact together, and learn from each other. Personal development in every network marketing group that I've been involved in has always been a real key part of it. It's how, how are we improving ourselves? How are we elevating ourselves? And how can we help to lift and build others on our team. And personal development has always been a, a really key part of successful direct selling and network marketing. And I think that that's, a, that's really awesome. And, and you don't find that in a lot of industries. And so, uh, and it has been, you know, very, a lot of storytelling. It's person to person. It is opening your mouth and talking to people and, and that has, over the past 20 years, of course, mostly been, you know, phone calls and or in-person meetings as the internet has become more of what it is today. That's been one of the big changes in terms of how network marketing is getting done. And so, you know, I definitely see how um, technology has impacted the industry and, and I believe that it will continue to be one of the primary driving factors of it. But, you know, one of the probably maybe unique perspectives that I have on it is that while, you know, some, some folks think that, um, you know, if you put an affiliate program up, you're getting basically the same impact that you would if you had a people-to-people -people direct selling business. And, and you really don't. There's, there's more to direct selling than just referring people to, uh, to, to try a product or to you know, take a look at an opportunity to earn commissions by referring product. Technology is definitely going to drive it, but at the end of the day, it's about people and their relationships and trust and building trust and sharing experiences and working together to achieve. And so I believe that that's what we'll see. I believe that some of the stigma that has followed direct selling around will will become a thing of the past. I don't think that the same stigma will, will be there. I think that um, people who are able to, to create income through different gigs, like direct selling or others, as part of the way that they earn income, it is gonna be respected. And um, especially as more and more people need to do it as technology maybe um, takes jobs away, um, right? There's there's a tremendous opportunity for, um, for the power of people to be realized in, in direct selling, I think, in the coming um, 20 years. And um, hopefully, we can be a big part of how that happens and enabling that change. Something tells me, Roger, that you will be a big part of that going forward, both you and DirectScale. 
thanks again for sharing your thoughts and we really appreciate everything you've shared with us today thank you for listening and join us next time when roger expounds a little bit more on what he's talking about this changing landscape and uh, the future of direct sales <laughs>